This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Take the Black Live, the show where we talk about all things sci-fi, fantasy, TV, movies, dragons, space lasers, such things as this. I am Dan Selke of WinnersComing.net, and we have a very special guest here today. We have um, Take the Black Live past regular contributor, Josh Hill, or as he's known around here, that skinny guy. Josh, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Still skinny through the pandemic. So I was going to say, confirm. you look good. <laughs> you should eat something, dear. You look so sad. No, I, you look great. And thanks for coming on here, Josh. Um, what yeah. have you been doing since we're going to take the black last? When was that? Was that like 2018? Was it 19? Uh, that was, it, it was 2019, I believe. No, I think it was 18. I think Game of Thrones was still on. It's been, it's been a while. Right. It's been a minute. We used to do a, a song of Dan and Josh where we uh, read the books. And I think we got to the whole second book, I believe. I think we finished yep, the whole book. We got pretty book. far. And one day we'll do um, the whole rest of it, I'm sure, bit by bit, chapter by chapter, walking through. And as Christian says, have you finished the Game of Thrones books yet, Josh? Not yet. I've been saving it for you guys. I got to <laughs> I got to wait. I can't I read them it. and then not talk about them every week. So you, Dunkin' Egg, right? Isn't uh wasn't Very that going to be a show, but then they didn't do it. We can go through the history oh, no. of Targaryen. They're doing it. They're doing Dungeon oh, they House of Dragon. One. Yeah, they're you know it's like um, Game of Thrones is like anything else now. You know, it's um it's going to be a cinematic universe, or at least that's that, that's the plan. Um, which, by the way, we'll talk a bit about that today because Josh, you are a man of many um, moods and interests and hobbies, but um, I do know that you are a fan of the Star Wars. Is that correct? Correct. And when I asked you, what do you want to talk about on the show? You mentioned a show called The Book of Boba Fett, a Star Wars live action television show coming out on December 26th, is it? 24th? I think so, yeah. Yeah, on Disney Plus. And I just wanted to get your take, get your expert take on that show. On, because Star Wars is also is, is another thing where they're trying to do a whole cinematic universe thing with it and see how you felt about that. And Maybe talk about some other TV things happening as well. Let's start with that, Josh. So why are you, Josh Hill, the skinny guy, looking forward to the book of Boba Fett? What's the deal with that show? Well, I mean, this is really what a lot of Star Wars fans have wanted. Boba Fett is one of the most famous characters in the entire saga. And he doesn't he's like a secondary character, you know, for years and years and years after Return of the Jedi, the they literally fans literally talked it into the lore that he survived the Sarlacc pit. Like he was dead and George Lucas was like, whatever, fine. The toys will still sell. But fans were like, no, 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 no. We cannot be done with Boba Fett. And now to have him back when he came back in the Mandalorian, that was extraordinary. Cause it's like, okay, all of this has been confirmed. And it's a little touchy because we were just coming off of 
fan service in rise of skywalker so it was like okay uh-huh. that's an example of bad fan service where we're just going to retcon the movie that diehards didn't like the last jedi and redo everything in the rise of skywalker but bringing boba fett back felt like the good version of that fan service where it's like okay this is what the fans want we want more boba fett and also he's perfect for that whole world is perfect for a Disney plus TV show or a mini series or whatever we want to do with it. That kind of seedy underbelly of the star Wars universe. It does look kind of cool. And by the way, Julie says, hi, Josh, because you are a member around here. You, you oh, are yeah. remembered and you are beloved. Yeah, it, it, it does look interesting. It does look, so we got Tamira Morrison who played Boba Fett in, oh, no, who played Jango Fett in the prequel series. Now playing some Boba Fett mm-hmm. for clones that can do that kind of thing. I mean, good fan service, bad fan service is what would you say is good fan service, Josh? Because I think there's a counter argument to does any company need to kowtow to the demands of fans? Like, I, I know that after Boba mm-hmm. Fett, literally like 40 years ago now, mm-hmm. dies in a sand pit in Return of the Jedi and fans won't shut the hell up at him for the next 40 years. Is it a sign of weakness to say, fine, we'll give you a whole show about him? Or is it... Um, giving the fans what they want. And where's the line between those two? I think the line between those two was Rise of Skywalker, bad. Avengers Endgame, good. Where it's, fans got everything they wanted out of Avengers Endgame. That's true. So it's, that's an example of fan service where it works with the story that they're trying to tell. Where Rise of Skywalker felt like, oh, forget that last movie, this is 40th anniversary. It's basically like, you know, a step above the holiday special where it's like, yeah, everybody loves Star Wars. Oh, Chewbacca's mm-hmm. dead. Just kidding. He's not. So that was the bad fan service. Good fan service I would be Endgame, I think, is an example of that. And then Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett, I think, is going to be taken with that sort of Endgame style. We're doing this for the fans, but the people who are making it are also fans of the thing that they're making. So like Robert Rodriguez loving Boba Fett. And also Robert Rodriguez playing in the Star Wars sandbox is just fantastic. Like that's an amazing combination of things. So having everything working behind the scenes on the book of Boba Fett, the fan interest there, and just the legacy of that character and the world that you can explore, that underbelly, the criminal world, you know, the black sun, the, you know, Jabba the Hutt world he left behind after he, you know, got choked out in the, you know, Return of the Jedi. All of that, that criminal underworld, that's an interesting story, no matter what universe it's being set in, whether it's, you know, you know, if there is a criminal element to Game of Thrones, like the underbelly of everything that's going on and underneath the, Mandalorian, the hierarchy, though, too, right? I mean, he's like a wandering Ronin, yeah. takes jobs for the highest bidder, uh, assassin guy. Yeah, but if we're if we're dealing with it more of like through the Godfather lens of like a mafia sure. existing in the Star Wars universe, that's incredibly interesting, and that's uncharted waters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I say uncharted, but uh, yeah, it, it it it'll be new. And it is cool. And I'm looking forward to it. What do you want out of it? What would be like an ideal book of Boba Fett success story for you, a Star Wars person? By the way, is that a, is that an in the mood for love t-shirt? Wong Kar Wai? What is that? It oh, is? Yeah. Okay, in the great. Mood for love. Yeah. Good movie. Okay. And you said I'm a man of many moods. I'm in the mood for love here on <laughs> Take the Black Live. So, but no, I, I think what I would want out of the book of Boba Fett is it falls in line with that good fan service, but it's the fan service that adds to the story. Because like we're saying, Boba Fett's a secondary background character. All you know from him is he stands there, says a co- couple of cool things, and then he's off screen. You know, yeah, he's the one liner guy. There's no or says nothing. Do you even have a single line in the original trilogy? Yeah, he's got a couple. 
Okay. He's no I'll good to me it. dead. That's a pretty oh. famous one there. So, which they, they, they did dubbed the new actor into all of the, you know, when George Lucas was, of course they did yeah. the special, special, special edition, uh-huh, but uh-huh. F- fleshing out the Boba Fett character. I think that that's what, that's the most attractive element to the book of Boba Fett. Here's a character where okay. we've seen, like you said, he's very tertiary. Now we're, be, we're going to dive into who he is. What is Boba Fett? We don't know. And that's a very yeah. interesting question to have answered. Do you think it's weird that the character was so hugely loved? And he was like, he was a star Wars icon for again, decades. And we didn't know a damn thing about him. How does that happen? How does like a guy walk on, wear a helmet the whole time, no face, say three words and somehow become like, if not as famous as Darth Vader right below him. I think that's kind of impressive. And just uh, an indication that you don't really have control over what people are going to freak out about after it's out there. Cause Folk loved him based on almost nothing for <laughs> decades, for generations. I think it's interesting. Yeah, but he's cool. It's, it's very much like the man with no name, Clint Eastwood in those Westerns. It's, mm-hmm. He shows up, you know, those Clint Eastwood characters don't say much. He's just chewing on a cigar the yeah, whole movie. He's got, you know, his poncho on. But that's an iconic image of Western cinema. You know, not only just like Westerns, but like, you know, Western American cinema, you think of Clint Eastwood in the hat and the cigar and the poncho. And it's that same thing, that element of mystery, which I think it's that's the other thing about Book of Boba Fett. It's going to walk a very fine line between diving into that mystery and exposing some of it, but also not doing it so much to where we've just completely exposed Boba Fett. And now he's just another character in Star Wars. It's, It's a very fine line to walk. Which is a good segue to the next question, although, I mean, at least in Clint Eastwood movies, like Clint Eastwood is the star of Clint Eastwood movies. Like Boba Fett is like yeah. the third guy in the stars. Anyway, but yeah, I, I, I take your point. As Christian says, cool outfit, which I do think probably contributed a lot. Great Halloween costume. Put a mask on. You can do whatever you want under there. No one's going to know. Um, about oversaturation or getting to him too well, what do you think about uh, Star Wars' impending march into cinematic universe hood? Because I, I, I'm not sure how much I've kept up with it, but Off the top of my head, they have coming, look about Fett, The Mandalorian Season 3. They got an Obi-Wan Kenobi show with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. They got an Ahsoka Tano show with, oh, hell, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. They have um, Andor about a kind of secondary character from the Rogue One movie. They have a Lando Calrissian show they're making. Not sure with Donald Glover or what, but they're going to make one. They have a thing called the Acolyte that's going to be like set in the past. That's like what? I just named six off the top of my head. What Mm -hmm. do you think of Disney's obvious push to Marvel (laughs) Cinematic Universe-ize Star Wars? Well, and Patty Jenkins is making a Rogue Squadron movie. Oh, yeah. There are movies, too. And Taika Waititi's making something. And Kevin Feige's making something. But I mean, like... Chloe Zhao is making something, too. Is she? I don't know. Oh, I think think you're right. I forgot about that. So, yeah, just... A million things in the pipeline. And you know, they, uh, there was going to be a Gina Carano show. And then like, awkward to cancel that one. Um, <laughs> but that was going to happen too. And they're going to be interconnected. What do you think of this? Do you, you as a Star Wars fan want 30,000 shows and movies you have to watch and they're kind of all protecting the way the MCU is? Or would you rather they just keep it classier and put out maybe a couple things like they've been doing normally? 
I think this is going to become what the expanded universe was with novels um, in the right. early nineties, where it's going to be almost impossible to keep up with everything. And I think Marvel's actually experiencing a little bit of this right now. I think you're right. Finally. Yeah. Everybody watched WandaVision, which was, I think and part of that was the pandemic. We couldn't go anywhere. Sure. But it was also the first foray into that. And then everybody watched, you know, winter uh falcon and the winter soldier and now you know i still haven't watched loki i'm ashamed to admit and i have no interest in watching hawkeye so i feel like that fatigue has already caught up because now it's like okay everybody wants to go see the new spider-man movie and then the new doctor strange they do that's why a lot of hype yeah and i wonder if star wars is going to kind of go in that old expanded universe model of there's just a ton of stories because there's so much that you can do in the Star Wars universe. Like we said, the sandbox is so large. It's going to be impossible to keep up with everything. You can dip your toe in here and there. If Boba Fett's interesting to you, you're probably going to watch the Boba Fett movie. If, you know, Ahsoka is interesting to you because you followed her from, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars and all those shows, you're probably going to watch that. Maybe you're not going to watch the Andor show. But the, the point is, you're going to have options and you're going to be able to dive in where you want to. And your entry point doesn't have to be the same as everybody else. And that was what was so cool about the Expanded Universe books. Right. You could jump in wherever you wanted to. And it wasn't the same point that somebody else was jumping into. And now you got to think about a whole new generation that's being raised on streaming. They're probably going to discover Star Wars the same way that a lot of people discovered or rediscovered Star Wars in the early to mid 90s through those books. And then we got more movies. So it's kind of the cycle is repeating itself. It's just instead of reading now, we're we're watching these shows. So the oversaturation is tricky, but I think it's going to be it's going to be fine. I feel like Andor is the one you're least interested in based on your tone. Well, I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned it. So that that <laughs> tells you anything. Coming. I like the character too. He was good in Rogue One, but you know, I barely remember him. Um, I remember the sassy robot, but I, I have a trouble with with the rest of that movie. It's kind of it, it was good. I, I remember liking it, but like I didn't really. Excuse me, no. um, but the fatigue okay. is going to catch up because the the my point with that one is. When we had Last Jedi, I know there was backlash with The Last Jedi as far as fans were concerned, but we went right into Solo and people forget that Solo is a movie. Nobody went to go see that movie. And so right there and Star Wars was still in the peak of its resurgence Mm -hmm. and people were like, this is too much. So it already happened. I think the fatigue is just a natural part of the content creation at this point. But, yes. you know, is there, there's ways to combat it. It's, it's going to be fine. There's, oh yeah. I mean, it, it'll be fine. They'll make their money back. But I feel like there are a lot of companies who are trying to have an MCU level success that, mm-hmm. ha- that they had for like 10 straight years. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard to get it on every level. Star Wars, especially with Disney, again, like this is the same company. They mm-hmm. want that giant hit. And going this far out of the gate, I wonder if they're going to get like, of course, there's going to be an audience. They're always going to watch these things. Yeah. Probably enough to justify the streaming service or, 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 or enough to justify their, 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 their um, expenditures. But uh, I'm not sure if, if they're going to get that big. Like, I, I think I agree with you, by the way, when you said that Marvel is, it took like over a decade, but they're finally starting to maybe spread themselves too thin. You just mm-hmm. don't hear a ton of hype about Hawkeye. Like people are like, yeah, it's good. And it is. I'm, I'm trying to watch it. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. Or like that. What if show or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. and Loki, like they had their fans, but like it's, it's just not getting the penetration that their big movies did. Like it's not reliably like these billion dollar blockbusters, which you know has to be just rankling the people at Marvel because they want everything to hit at the same level. And uh, 
I mean, trends don't last forever. They all kind of peter out eventually. Um, And I wonder if we will, (laughs) over the long arc of history, see a bit of a pullback in the next few years, because I I, I have to believe things are slowing down, because at least it seems like that for Marvel. It seems like folk are at long last, not quite as ravenously interested as they used to be. I think so. This is going to be interesting entering, what are we on, like phase four, phase five now? I think it's four. four. I want to say it's four. Because it's a reset. So now that it's the yeah. same, it's very similar to Star Wars, where now the movies, the Skywalker saga is over. So, I mean, Luke Skywalker obviously well, is going to still pop now. up because, I mean, they put him in the Mandalorian, spoiler alert. But the, you know, same thing with Marvel, because now we're branching off into, we're entering into Fantastic Four territory, X-Men, and now, you know, maybe New Avengers. We've got, you know, King the Conqueror. There's a ton of new things that are going on here. But like you're saying, it's so hard to repeat the success of the first go around. You know, sequels are almost always worse than the originals. And this is just a sequel strategy. Well, it's a sequel strategy because Thanos was a 10 year thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So are we we just going to keep repeating this every 10 years? It's like, this is the new Thanos. This is the new Kang. This is the new and this, you know, very a templatized way of creating these blockbusters. Mm -hmm. At some point, people are going to want to go back to, you know, it's going to reach critical mass and then it's going to reset the balance a little bit. I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> and I, I do think that Game of Thrones is being smart there because they're doing one prequel show, yep. at least for now. We'll see if they get greedy, uh, which I think is probably a good idea. Like they're not looking to make like a thousand shows with the same universe. They're doing one thing. I think it's a good move. I think that'll be kind of keep it, keep it HBO fancy, keep it HBO classy, that little <laughs> sheen they have going all the time where it's like, oh, we don't get in the dirt with Marvel. We keep it, we keep it nice and upscale over here. We have one very exclusive show that you can now watch. Um, I feel like that'll probably work for them, but we'll, we'll find out. But there's good comments there, by the way. Julie didn't watch <laughs> Wander Thingy, which I like. That's named for WandaVision <laughs> or The Winter Soldier. And Christian Hanna can't wait for, for Fantastic Four. If I were Marvel, yep. I would do like, just a separate X-Men little series and not try to integrate it in. But there's so many reasons I'm not an executive at a movie studio. We couldn't get to list them all. (laughs) Any other thoughts, Josh, on any of this rigmarole, Marvel, Star Wars, so forth before we move on? I mean, after all that, I'm looking forward to Book of Boba Fett. So I think if Disney thinks it's going to be another Mandalorian, they might be, they might be fooling themselves. It could be, but I think it's going to follow what we talked about with Marvel, where WandaVision is... mm -hmm the Mandalorian. And then sure. this is probably going to be Falcon and the winter soldier where people are mm, going to love it. There's people who are probably not going to like it. And then whatever comes after that, it's just kind of, you know, the rate of return goes down after that. I'll watch it. There's a lot of TV out right now. I'm not sure, I mean, I'll watch it. Cause it's my lived on my job, but um, it's hard to keep <laughs> up. Like if, if I wasn't, it was for a living, like I'm watching like succession. I'm watching the expanse. I'm going to watch the witcher thing. I'm going to put fed. Uh, there's, there's so much on. By the way, um, what are you watching, Josh, right now? What are you in the audience watching? We'd like to know. Seen any good television shows lately? Yeah. Well, people in the chat can let me know because I don't have to watch TV shows for my job. I'm always looking for TV shows to watch. You know, right now... I mean, right now I'm watching Succession, but I think everybody's watching Succession. But, you know, Wheel of Time, I heard that that was not Ooh, very that's a good. good one. Oh, I heard it wasn't good. I've heard, I've heard very mixed things. It's split, folk. I enjoy it. I am kind of a fantasy geek. I mean, so just there's a lower uh, uh, floor for me. Like mm-hmm. if you have like people going like pachoo, pachoo, pachoo with their magic hands or whatever, like I, I even if it's kind of bad, I'll at least check it out. I think Wheel of Time is good. I'm enjoying it. 
It's okay. a little campy, but I I appreciate the clear um, passion behind. Like you, you can tell the folks making it like what they're making, yeah. and they're trying to say something profound. And even if they fail, then it's just camp and it's still fun. So I'm enjoying Wheel of Time quite a bit. Um, I admit that it does seem like it could get bad if they go in a bad direction, but so far they're keeping it on the keel. But Succession, yeah, Succession's probably my favorite show on right now. Kind of a yep. Game of Thrones, but what if it was a modern time? They're all Lannisters. Um, mm-hmm. That last episode, <laughs> did you watch the, the most recent one? I did. I did. And I've been thinking about it ever since Sunday. Usually I'll watch it the Monday after because I have to, I'm usually working for NFL games, so I can't watch right. Succession. But everything I heard in the week leading up was watch this one live if you can or stay away from Twitter. And I can't stay away from Twitter, unfortunately. So I was like, okay, we'll watch it live. And why it lived up to the expectations. It, it lived was up really, to the really hype. good. Yep. So, okay. I like to do some spoiler talk because we don't usually do that, but we both watch it. We both know. And I do have questions. So everybody else mm-hmm. haven't seen it, close your ears. By the way, Julie says that she has been loves Vikings for time and good. So it's a session. Mm-hmm. And Fear of the Walking Dead has been kind of sucky. I'm sorry about that. Nicole says, looking forward, forward to the Witcher within the Wheel of Time. They will both be on at the same time. It's be interesting. They will, Nicole. Um, the Witcher. See, now the Witcher is bad fantasy camp to me. And Wheel of Time is okay. a good fantasy camp to me. I can get into it, but let's, it's beside the point. Um, I will say, though, one of the times I was on Take the Black, we talked about it was before the it was, it was just announced that The Witcher was going to get adapted by Netflix. And I said, I went on the record. I'm like, I don't think this is going to be a good show. Because we were hit. like, people like it, it is a hit. It is a hit. So I was right now. I was wrong. I, I agree with you. I think it's very camp fantasy. It's you know, it's a it's a crowd pleaser and either you love it or you hate it. But I wouldn't we were talking about it in the context of what's going to be the next Game of Thrones. Sure. For sure, sure. And it's not that. I think Wheel of Time is as the especially now that I've watched it, I think it's a good chance of being sticking around for a long time because okay. it, it, it already has an audience. It's well done. I think it's pretty engrossing. The Witcher is just, the Witcher is like, like a shade off Monty Python. It's like, it's almost that like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not supposed to be a comedy, but it kind of could veer into it at any second. It's, it's kind of fun. I, I, I enjoyed watching it, but it was, there's definitely a so bad it's a good element to it. I'll watch season two soon and see what I think about. It. Okay, but succession. Okay, spoiler yes. question. So I'm just going to ask you, is Kendall Roy dead or what? I think he is. I think Kendall Roy is dead. I think so too. And it, it makes too much sense from a story standpoint mm-hmm. to have Kendall be dead. I mean, it, it makes too much sense to, 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 kill, to kill him off. So I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, he's dead. It makes sense. This is what I'm, I'm basically saying. So because look, this entire show has been about Kendall and Logan and that relationship yeah. and everything in between has been, you know, some of the, the, the characters like, you know, Roman and Shiv and then everybody else that they have working for them at the <laughs> company. And then all these other secondary and third tier characters, you know, you've got Stewie in there. Stewie's good every time he shows mm-hmm. up, but this has always been about Logan and Kendall from the start. You know, Kendall is the hand that rings the bell and Logan is the bell. So, and we heard in this last episode, when, you know, their mother was saying to Shiv and one of the most devastating yeah, scenes, one of the most emotionally sharp scenes that I've seen in recent history, where she's like, I would have rather I should have just had dogs. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And then to tie that all off and be like, you know, Logan just kicks the, you know, kicks things to see if they come back. And it's like, well, you know, he would have kicked the dogs and see if they came back. But they're the dogs in this analogy. Yeah, so it's like 
you should have had dogs, but you didn't want to because you kick him to come back. So you had kids instead. <laughs> right. Worse. Okay. Well, that's 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 how it like, screwed up. These people are. But up. what happened from a story standpoint? It's an interesting question. And we only have a, maybe a couple seasons of the show left. I think maybe one or two, like two, they said, like season five, which would be cool yeah. because that means they would kill Kendall, who, as you said, like is. Sort of like if there's a main character, he's kind of a frontman. He's the one who kind of mm-hmm. has all the energy around him. He's the one who is the most unpredictable, the one you don't know what's going to go next. And he's the one striving to sort of break away from this toxic loop they're in. And it, it does look like he failed. I think he's dead too. Julie disagrees. Julie thinks he's drowning, but someone will save him. I, I disagree. I mean, I, that could be it. I kind of think that would be a bit of a, a pulled punch moment at this point. Early on, this season, I was like, oh, Kendall's not surviving this season because he's mm-hmm. been so uh, bottoming out. He's gotten this like, I'm not sure if he's still on the drugs, but like he's like has these self-aggrandizing notions about himself. He's checking Twitter to see what bad things people are saying about him. He's nailing himself to a cross and singing Billy Joel. I thought he was a pretty good voice, by the way, when he did that. I was probably going to see that. Like, this cannot go on. Like, it has to crash. Like, nothing's working. Yeah. I love the running joke where he doesn't remember that his kids exist, where they're all like, um, <laughs> yes. oh, because no same as kids. Great, of course. Yeah, sure. And just um, for they've been foreshadowing a rock bottom for a while now. Yep. And if he did live, I guess I'd be happy for the character, but I think it'd be worse for the story. So I feel like that it would, would kind be, of propel yeah. him to a new area. It would be worse. It would feel out of character for the show. Yeah, because what, 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 what's the logical conclusion to, to Kendall living? Like, it's just more of him showing up every so often being like, oh, you guys are screwing up. Oh, nice tweet by, you know, Matt's and like, it's <laughs> like, like, that's getting what he's out, become. I guess. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, everybody, you know, he's what is he going to do? Get in with Gojo? Like, and then it's just mm-hmm. we're repeating that cycle. And I think that there's a I think succession and Breaking Bad are running parallel as far as they have a story. They have an end game that they're going to get to. And they're mm-hmm. going to get in and they're going to get out. It's not like The Walking Dead, where we spend most of the series just wandering and, you know, entire seasons are mm-hmm. just, we're going to here. Oh, we're yeah. not going to get there. Also, everybody's dead. Prolonged it on like, purpose. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. But Breaking Bad had a ticking clock and there was an end game. And you're like, okay, at some point, Hank's going to find out. Walter's going to get caught. Some, you know, you you had stakes, and I think that that exists in Succession too. And those stakes are very clearly established if Kendall is dead, because yes. now you're asking questions like, okay, how does it affect these characters who are basically soulless and have absolutely, you know, for the entire run of the show, even when they're at risk of losing their company or at risk of going to prison for covering up horrific crimes, they're still at the top of the mountain and they're untouchable. But this is something that they have specifically Logan has no control over. He has absolutely no control over Kendall dying. There's no way to save him. There's no way to actually be involved in killing him outside of saying horrible things to him all of the time. This is the answer to the question of what happens when you kick something so hard, it never comes back. And how does that affect these characters? That is a screenwriting degree in action right there, folks. This is, that's, that's, I, I completely agree with you. Yes. Like getting somewhere where you can actually, because honestly, it, it sometimes can feel like it's spinning its wheels a bit, the show. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Kendall came to the age in the first season when he, when he kind of sort of killed that guy, and then he got brought back in and then he broke away and then it simply didn't work. So like there has to be another step or else it's going to feel like you're just kind of recycling different versions for you over and over and over. And also you talked about it kind of resembling Breaking Bad. 
uh, Game of Thrones. Like what other HBO show kills off the main character and then that makes it better, not worse. Mm-hmm. Like if Ned Stark dies the first season or then Robin Cattlestark died in the third season at the Red Wedding. And then that kind of propels the show to a new level of interest because then they, other people actually have to deal with the consequences of that. And that makes things real and it makes things media and gives things weight. Yeah, he's dead. I would be shocked if he wasn't. And he wasn't in the preview because they're mean. <laughs> Although let's see what Julie says. Oh, Julie says Logan's going to jump in and save him, but he's going to drown doing it. Oh, oh that would be a twist. That would be juicy too. That would be a twist. Because then you're your whole final season or your you know, season four of succession is you know, filling that, the, the gap. Oh, really? Well, it's like yeah. the thing that if, if Logan dies, that's actually very interesting about Julie. If if Logan dies, the thing that the three children have been and Connor, the fourth yeah, kind of yeah, forgotten yeah. child, the thing that they've been wanting this whole series has happened. There's mm-hmm. now a yeah, void. There's a power vacuum. Who's going to fill it? Like the opportunity is there. Like we saw in the final moments with uh, after Roman sent the unfortunate picture to, Dude, to, to Logan. I haven't laughed that hard at a TV show in a <laughs> it was while. So that was really good. <clears throat> Roman Macaulay Culkin's younger younger brother, I think. I don't know. Yep. Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin accidentally sends his father a picture of his male part fully engorged. And then just has to just like sit there looking awkward while he realizes it. Oh God, it was so funny. It was so funny. And then they cut good. to the death scene. God, that was a wild episode. It was good. It was a good. Episode. It was, it was, it, we talked about, you know, Boba Fett doesn't say anything and he's somehow this popular character. And how did that happen? Is it possible for Kieran Culkin to win an Emmy for yeah. a scene in which he says no dialogue? I have never seen somebody's facial expressions just transmit Every emotion that he was feeling—it was so good. That is some of the best he acting that that great show has. Had. His face. I, I'm not it sure was, where he got that. Could uh, Macaulay do God. that? I don't know. But yeah, he's 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 become yeah. my favorite Culkin brother. It's been it's been that way for about a couple of years now. Um, I think it should get an Emmy. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, it was great. I was actually rooting for him and Jerry for a while. I, I found that really kind of interesting and fun, weird. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, you guys get it. But this is better. This is fun. Oh, that show's pretty good. <laughs> I'm it looking is. forward but, to the finale. Even in that scene. So what I was going with that, like Shiv, the entire Mm -hmm. season has been like, maybe we can be centrist. Maybe we can be different. We can save ATN. We can do this. She was basically saying what Kendall's been saying, where it's like, we can bring ATN out of the darkness. And the first opportunity she sees to cut Jerry out at the knees and Roman to an extent Mm -hmm. too, to get back into the, you know, the pole position with Logan she takes it and there's zero hesitation. She tells Jerry that she is cooked and she lets her know how high the heat is. And she's like, basically sucks to suck. I've got your number now, <laughs> you know, guess who's back. So that whole thing has been happening the entire season to have the fourth season be about where does, how does that power vacuum get filled? Or if Kendall dies, how does that affect these characters who we've yeah, once again been reminded have absolutely no moral compass no soul, no redeeming qualities. Do they actually have some sort of humanity to them? Knowing that yeah, like Kendall might dead. it shock one of them into developing a conscience? Or I'm are they just going to gonna use it to their own game? So now it's like Kendall's dead. This is my opportunity to be, woe is me. My brother's dead. 
now how can I use this to, to, to win the game, essentially? My, um, move on this, but, uh, my pitch for a funny session ending in season five would be Kendall dies, and then the next two seasons, Roman and Shiv both also die, and the ending is Logan has to have Connor be his successor. <laughs> oh, God. You can have a real that, rosebud moment there. Yeah, Just, that, that's, that, 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 that's what I'm hoping for. Okay, yeah. Great show. Watching a lot. Um, Turn on to our final segment, Josh, of the evening. Okay. Are, are you familiar with the Wick News Lightning Round? I'm familiar. Big fan of the show. Very <laughs> nice. By the way, Saul up there said that he's watching Wheel of Time and Girls Watch Watching Succession. I recommend it, Saul. You will not be uh, you will not be regretful with either of those choices. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Wick News Lightning Round. We go over a bunch of stories we couldn't get to in the main show and give our 20-second takes on them in the name of expediency and entertainment. I arranged them, I think so. You'll, I mean, you know most things, but um, I tried to arrange them in a way that we wouldn't be given any complete curveballs. Okay, I will ask you a question first, for 26 o'clock, and then you go back to me. Got it? Same question for the next one. No, um, uh, on the outline, yeah, the next question. Gotcha. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Josh. Are you interested in the Harry Potter 20th anniversary return to Hogwarts special aired on HBO Max New Year's Day? Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, we're, we're the whole gang's back together talking about stuff. I am mildly interested in this. It's just going to be like the Friends reunion. Like HBO Max is going to do this with, I think, a lot of their properties. So, it's, it's, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of, of Harry Potter, you're probably going to like it. It's going to be a nice little New Year's Day thing. But, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't think anything extraordinary is going to come out of it unless, you know, they're like, hey, we're making, you know, a next era of movies. That's what they need to do. But yeah, I agree. Like I might maybe put it on the back when we're on the dishes, but um, that'll be about it. Anyway, hit me. All right. The Boys is huh. getting an animated spinoff series called Diabolical. Okay. The Boys. Have you watched The Boys? Uh, the Amazon superhero show? It's good, right? It's pretty good. It's, 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 it's kind of have a space for itself in the oversized superhero market. Um, and talk about Cinematic Universe. Like, that has a college spinoff coming. That has an animated show coming all about these violent, evil superheroes just screwing up the world and bloody in their hands and just being really, really corrupt. Um, Maybe too much too soon. I, I, I just, I, okay. <clears throat> Gosh. Uh, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige basically confirms that Charlie Cox will return as Daredevil. Thoughts? I like it because this is, if we're going to deal with multiverse in this next phase of Marvel, which it seems like we're going to based off yes. of everything we've seen about Spider-Man. And that's how we bring in X-Men and Fantastic Four and apparently Tom Hardy's Venom, which I'm very excited about. Cool. Bringing in the Netflix TV shows, which people were confused about the first time around, are these connected? Ah. See, see, it's hard. It's hard. Got it's hard. Me. Really hard. <laughs> Got me. Oh, hard. no. All right. Dan. AMC is adapting Anne Rice's The Mayfair Witches series in addition to its interview with the vampire show. Every question I have is about cinematic universes because, okay, so AMC wants a new one too. So they're going to do Interview with the Vampire, classic (laughs) vampire. I think a lot of us know what that is, but they're going to do like a whole Anne Rice universe TV thing, Josh. They got like some of her like other properties that aren't as well known. The Mayfair Witches is like a thing about witches and it's like, you know, they're weirdly sexy because everything Anne Rice is weirdly sexy. Um, they're going to have at least two shows. They want more. They want like a bunch of concurrently things. I liked the movie back in the day. <laughs> All right. Um, this one's fun. Josh, 
Uh, I'm, not sure how, I'm not sure how big a Beatles fan you are, but at one point, the Beatles wanted to be in a Lord of the Rings movie, and now we know who they were going to play. Paul was going to be Frodo, Ringo was going to be Sam, George was going to be Gandalf, and John was going to be Gollum. Does this, does this mean anything to you, or do you know who the Beatles song for? This is, I mean, it's perfection. <laughs> it's pretty good. This, this is so that. good. It's like I'm almost upset they told us because I'm like, now I just have to imagine this in my head. Like Beatles, Lord of the Rings fanfic is both going to be in my head and then hopefully on Reddit threads. Like, please, Internet, yes. I'm begging you. Let's do this. Let's start the subreddit right now. Let's just get in there and get our Butterfly. Beatles, Lord of the Rings fanfic. That's perfect. John Lennon is Gollum. I would I would really <laughs> see that. And they could have included the songs and they could have sung them because of the Beatles. OK, right. It would have been perfect. All right, Dan, Madison, Kim Dickens, is returning to Fear the Walking Dead as a regular cast member in season eight. Her character was supposedly killed off in season four. What does this do for you? So I don't watch Hunter Walking Dead, but we talked earlier about how Walking Dead is kind of an example of a show that's just sort of sort of exists to keep going forever. Like if yeah. Succession is pounding towards the game, Walking Dead is like, let's put it off as long as we possibly can. And it feels like bringing back the main character four since after they killed her is sort of in keeping with that. So I think they're, what do I think? Oh, it's know. a hard stop too. These rules. And it's like, Oh, I love the buzzer. The buzzer it's cutthroat. There you go. Oh, I like okay. Kim Dickens though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Kim Dickens too. I mean, yeah, yeah the best for her. All right. So as a Star Wars fan, it's pretty interesting. So Disney put up this advertisement for its, like 5,000 a night Star Wars Galactic Star Crusoe Hotel. It got spammed with dislikes and they deleted it. Uh, this seems like it's going to be, I mean, it is what it is. It's like, it's a Star Wars hotel. Like it's, you know, it's also incredibly expensive. And I think that that's what is getting the dislikes. It's like, I think it's like a thousand dollars a night or something. It's like, like 6,000 like, for two nights, I think. And it's like a two night minimum. Like they're forcing you <laughs> yeah. to stay here. Like if the concept is cool, paying for it, not so much. That seems shorter. Someday I'm going to look at three. No, no, that'll be against the rules. And <laughs> 20 seconds is good. I like it. It's, it's quick in out. So there you Christian's go. Right. Thinking about it. Are you thinking about going to the Star Wars hotel Christian? If you do tell us, cause I want to know what it's like. Ooh, let us know. I still haven't been to galaxy's edge yet though. My brother, went. he got a lot of lightsabers. So Mia it looked it. cool. Tom Brady's when me is gone. Everybody's yeah, gone true. except me. Tom so. Brady and me. There we go. Both goats. Miss Mia. <laughs> um, all right, Dan, Colin Farrell. He's going to play the penguin in both the Batman and also the Batman spinoff show. This whole idea of like doing spinoffs to things before the first thing even comes out throws me a bit. I mean, but I get it. I get it because you want the, the MCU stuff. You want the equivalent. Um, also, Colin Farrell, weird choice is the penguin. Not like not who I would yes. expect. Like, I guess I'm just used to thinking of him like squat and kind of ugly. <laughs> He's like a tall, normal looking man. But um <laughs> this was a, a uniquely unproductive lightning round, e even good. less so than usual, but I enjoyed it as always. It was good. Um, as Julia said, oh, and Christian's going. Oh, Christian, if you go, I'd love Ooh. to hear about that. We would. We can have you on talk about it. Um, five thanks, two nights max. Where can I find the money for that? Um, oh. I'll sell something. Um, maybe a kidney. Uh, Josh, thanks a lot for coming on here. I had a lot of fun yeah. talking with you about stuff. Thanks for having me on. It was fun talking to you. It's fun talking to you every day in the office, but it's especially fun talking to you on Take the Black Live. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, and come back anytime you like. We're working host, so I'm sure the other opportunities. And for the rest of y'all, uh, Take the Black is available in podcast form wherever podcasts are downloadable. You know, your iTunes, Google Play, such as this. Um, and we stream your episodes Take the Black Live live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here in the Winners Coming Facebook page. 
and the Winter is Coming YouTube page. Thanks a ton for watching us. Christian says, good to see you again, Josh. Good and to see you again. I didn't say hi, too. You always yelled at me when I came on. I never said hi to everybody. So <laughs> hi, Julie. Hi, Christian. Hi, everybody. And now bye, everybody. Until next time. For now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Thank you. So it was a lot of fun. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.